to Not So Southern Gentleman. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. Man, Dude. Sean. Well, stories. What, what, what have you done today? <laughs> stories, stories, stories. I, I've researched stories, but everything else is just taking care of kids recovering from the flu. As... As I mentioned earlier on Facebook and Twitter, I apologize. Our last episode running a little behind. It is not up as of this recording. Completely my fault. My house has been uh, patient zero ground for uh, a death. So we're all doing okay and recovering. But I'd like to once again apologize for taking so long. Sean will not let me me not know it, too. What? I just mentioned that people had asked. That's it. No, dude. Uh, it's totally understandable. I've been, our family has been down and out of commission before, and I totally understand that. But we actually got to uh, go up to Batesville today and uh, had my son's second birthday party. It was a good time. Then we headed back here and got home just long enough to. Throw on some show notes and get ready for this podcast. I hated to miss the party. I was at work today, so that's what I've done most of the day. But when I wasn't doing that, I was looking at a very sad story. Uh, We lost John Hurt today. Now, if you're not familiar with John Hurt, uh, Sean, what was your favorite movie with John Hurt? Well, okay. I mean, we're going to say that, you know, the most memorable for me, is the chest burst scene out of Aliens. Or Spaceballs, if you're so inclined. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, V for Vendetta is a movie I watch every year. I seriously watch it every single year on the 5th of November. Uh, This will be like the sixth year in a row for me and my wife. It was our first date was watching V for Vendetta. Nice. That's how I got her over to my place. Yeah, yes. you know, even though, I mean, the most memorable, of course, is Aliens. And, but, but it's because of that scene. It's not John Hurt. John Hurt. He does great in that movie. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But when I think of John Hurt, the first thing I think of is the War Doctor. You know, uh, oh. he and he wasn't even supposed to be in that. That was supposed to be Christopher Eccleston. But for them to, you know, he's not coming back. Oh, God, what are we going to do? John Hurt steps in. Man, what a wonderful idea. Dude, that, that's what, I mean, that's immediately what I want to say when you ask me the question is he's the war doctor, and he was an incredible war doctor. He was awesome. That, oh, that episode is just so incredible for any Doctor Who fan, and they couldn't have picked a more perfect person. Yeah, especially, especially to play against the, the young uh, yes. David Tennant and uh, and Matt Smith. You know, it's it's a Matt really Smith. good. It, it's almost a movie to me. I mean, I own it on Blu-ray. It's the only uh, new series Doctor Who I own physically. I mean, I could watch it anytime online, but I, I just had to have that one the moment it came out. So, um, and he, he is great in that. And then, of course, after that, uh, the modern John Hurt being in the Hellboy movies. Uh, he was really good as, you know, oh, the, yeah. the dad-like figure in that. Uh, Contact, you know, he plays that Elon Musk, uh, uh, that oh, yeah. Steve Jobs him, guy in there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, now, I never realized it till much later on. I saw The Elephant Man whenever I was I was young. Um, 
You know, it was very weird film, and of course, he was the star of that. I didn't, I, I didn't know that until much later. Uh, and then, of course, he was Ollivander in Harry Potter, which I was so happy to see uh, that he was in that in, in that first movie, and then returned later on for the for the storyline of the uh, the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, I know that uh, he was a. I knew he was Harry Potter something. Uh, my wife was pretty upset by all this as well. You know, she. <laughs> John Hurt's one of her favorites. It's going to suck without him, man. He was a good one. Yeah, he will be missed. Now, uh, I did want to step into some exciting news. Final Fantasy? Avengers? Yes. What? Yeah. (laughs) Square Enix is making an Avengers video game. So, I was going to ask, how do you think this will play out? This sounds... I, I don't know, um, but I see thousands of memes of uh, an Avengers video game battle, and then after it's over, I hear... Da, 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 da. Oh, man. I, I just can't wait. This is going to be awesome. But, I, I mean, just think about that on the face alone. Think of a Final Fantasy game, but with the Avengers. <laughs> that would be awesome in itself. Especially with the new real-time fight system they have. I really like it. It's nice. I think it'll work out well. Now, is anybody anybody you know playing 15? Uh, yes. I actually know a couple people playing 15, and I definitely want to get it. It is on my want list, but finding time for video games is becoming very difficult lately. That That is true. That is very true. Um. And even even more exciting on top of that, Black Panther, Not in addition to Avengers Infinity War started filming, uh, like we talked about last week, Black Panther production has begun, and some information slipped in their announcement, Ulysses Claw is back! Andy Serkis was announced yep. to be part of the production, so we know that one of the bad guys, in addition to who was already named, uh, is Claw, so I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped to see that. Last time we saw him Absolutely. was do you think, uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, do you think he'll have his arm, obviously, now? Oh, oh yeah, he he should. He's got to. They got to do, I mean, he, he lost the arm. And let me let me state right. this. Andy Serkis in Age of Ultron was jacked. That yeah. dude was big. You wonder if he got that way from Planet of the Apes. Well, I mean, it's all motion capture. I mean, would it matter? I mean, he could be the guy on the know, couch man. as long as he's got the good voice. But no, he he's out there acting. He does a great job. I mean, if you ever ever watch those Planet of the Apes movies, and, and I mean, because all that uh, facial expression, that's him. I mean, that's him acting. So yeah, I mean, no, that guy is out yeah. there working. So I'm I'm happy to see that he's part of the production too. Do you, uh, so you seen the pictures from the Punisher set? I see. <sighs> I did, and it gets me so pumped for our, our Netflix stuff. I mean, John Barenthal yeah. as the Punisher in Daredevil Season 2 couldn't ask for a better surprise. Could not. Now, uh, of course, we've talked about it at length, but John Barenthal as the Punisher is genius on the part of somebody who, who saw this coming. Because, like I said before, I've, I've never been able to wrap my head around the Punisher until played by John Barenthal. And I love it, and I want more of it. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. He's the best. Yeah, and some of those pictures did feature, of course, um, uh, uh, Karen Page, 
Um, there was a there was him uh, a lot of shots of him carrying flowers down a street and flowers. And so there wasn't any really yes. any plot detail or anything like that. It just it came up today and I just wanted to talk about it again. Oh, Netflix is doing Absolutely. doing it right. So uh, you're getting a new art book? I may. Uh, I saw today that Amazon was carrying a Big Trouble in Little China art book. Oh. Movie production stuff is always a great thrill for me. I love seeing that behind-the-scenes stuff, especially of things you love, like uh, behind-the-scenes of Star Wars and stuff like that. I've got a bunch of those books that you know people have released over time. Like There's one laying around here that's... Uh, 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 production stuff from Indiana Jones, uh, the franchise, and the Star Wars franchise. Uh, I've been having my eye on those uh, Force Awakens and Rogue One books for a long time. Uh, the the thing with our our older movies is so much care was was taken about that kind of stuff. The art, like um, Drew Strazon. The guy who does all the great movie posters of the 80s, 70s, 80s, and, and into the 90s that you don't see anymore because everything is now photoshopped for five cents instead of paying a great artist to do it. No offense to any great people working with Photoshop, but <laughs> yet yeah, yeah. people were paying a, a premier artist to and commissioning great art from this guy and that should still be occurring that's part of my movie going experience is looking at those movie posters and it it, it embellished um and brought to a higher level the movies you saw like a lot of those movies um even the b movies had stuff done by this guy because they people would rent it more like, oh, this looks like a great quality movie. Huh. <laughs> there's a great quality artist. Just from series. the cover, huh? Oh, yeah. There's some great, really horrible B-movies that he done great covers for. Look up Drew Strazon, or Strazon cool. sometime and his art. If you don't know who I'm talking about, you, you will fall in love again. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'll check that out. Now, um, so, dude. you have an idea about the Nintendo Switch. I was looking at, my son went gaga the other day when I came home, would not stop talking, telling me to watch the Sonic for the Nintendo Switch trailer until until I actually oh, watched yeah. it. Yeah. Looks good. And, and because all the, the Switch is making this, you know, big push, I have a question for you. We know that the Switch doesn't carry like it, it's graphics intensive isn't as great as like a PS4 Pro or an Xbox One but here's my question if the switch is successful is that the end to the handhelds the the PS Vita the Nintendo 3DS <coughs> is that the start of the end because if you're not a super graphics intensive person, you know, I go home, I watch, I, you know, watch TV, I play on my computer, all on the same monitor type person, and graphics aren't real big to you. That's got to be the end of the handhelds for you because that's the only thing you need. You you take you have a home console and you have a portable device. Well, I think it's person to person only because. Uh... As soon as you said you're a graphics person, there's still going to be those people that know I want the top of the line. I want, I want, I'm basically need a, com, a computer system, but I still love, love the console. You're still going to have those people that demand that cutting edge graphics and power behind a console. 
and, and that's what they're going to do. Now, it, right, it, I right, agree. But, I agree that it is a watershed moment for handhelds. I do agree right. with that. I See, think Nintendo saying, is it, changing the game in that respect. If you're a handheld type person, if most of your gaming is done handheld and graphics aren't super important to you, the Switch has to be the death of it because if it's successful, you know Sony is going to make a push at something similar. Sony has done basically the opposite of Nintendo. Now, where Nintendo hasn't had a an amazing console... But is but their their handheld has has you know been the number one forever, and and, and can even take some of the the console falls uh, by how much they they sell and bank on their handheld. Now we've we've both had the handhelds for the Sony. I had the PSP. So did you? Did you have a Vita? I have not had a Vita, just a PSP. I have not either. Now, the PSP was a really enjoyable console, and even with it being uh, a disc base, uh, the movies on it were great. The the yeah. games on it were great. I really loved my PSP when I had time for it. I did not switch to the Vita just because ran out of time. Uh, I might, when my children are older, go for a, another handheld system, but my son yeah. has been on, of course, a, a DS, you know, and yeah. yep. no. that's that's good enough. I mean, just a couple of games of Mario, um, a couple of uh, Zelda games, boom, you're done. I mean, and that's all you need. I just don't know, man. If this is successful, I don't know why you would need anything else because you're coming or you're carrying around basically an entire console that well, is both for home and on the go. Well, I think that. Uh, uh, Sony and Microsoft will pay, will play play the long game. They will see how the Switch does performs its faults, its strengths. You know what happens whenever a kid the first time a kid drops the uh, um, the uh, uh, the handheld part of it. You know what oh, yeah. what goes on then, what kind of process that is, and see how Nintendo uh, uh, falters there. Um, this is true, and you, you know, don't know. Uh, you this may be the yeah. next thing. Nintendo may establish, you know, the next thing you may see is a PS5 with a pop-out screen. Who knows? Yeah, that you can take with you. Because be I awesome. guarantee, I guarantee you, parents are going to love the Switch if 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 only for the reason that it is the portable, it is the whole thing, it is all in one. They don't have to buy another device that connects to this. They have to set up. It is its own device. It comes with two controllers. Yeah. You know, it, it's very smart. The Nintendo Switch is the smartest thing Nintendo's done in a very long time. We'll have to see how history lays on that. But yeah, from this side of of it, it looks like it's going to be a huge success. Absolutely, man. What else you got for us this week? Well, I did want to hit. Um, we talked a comic story last week, and this week, I wanted to pull one of my favorites of all time. Now, Iron Man has always been my number one comic thing. Uh, it's been Ghost Rider for a little while, and Ghost Rider still has a place in my heart. It's been uh, a couple of other places in Marvel, but something about Iron Man. The first time I walked in that Walmart and there was a spinner rack and, and there was this Bob Layton art and there was this guy in red and gold armor. And, uh, you know, he was, 
He had he was a billionaire playboy. He had the women. He had all the toys. He had his uh, a best friend in the world who was a Vietnam War buddy, and you know he he got into fights with Captain America over ideals and something about Iron Man just rung with me, and he he's been with me my whole life. And as as a fan of the movies and the stories, Demon in the Bottle. This was a seminal moment in the storytelling for Iron Man. Now, up until, um, you know, very early in the 80s, Iron Man had been, um, you know, he'd been a war profiteer, you know, he was injured in Vietnam and, and, you know, had to build his armor, his whole origin thing. Um, And since that time, of course, in comics, people drank and smoked. I mean, it's just the way it was. You you can go buy those old comics, and there's people smoking cigars, smoking cigarettes. Wolverine smoked, right? You know, cigars all the J. time. J. Jonah Jameson smoked and, and drank. You know, Wolverine drank like a fish in the in the '80s run of comics, and it was great. You know, I'm just I'm just saying, you're a kid reading this, and it's like you're reading some adult stuff. Oh, they're doing adult things in my comic. Well, yeah. Whenever uh, people started playing with these ideas of, hey, I I think more than just kids are reading this, I think we could get away with some more mature stories. Um, Bob Layton and John Romita Jr. were on the run of uh, Iron Man at this time, number 220 through 228. And they they had the idea of bringing Tony Stark's drinking to the forefront because, I mean, he was one of those guys not only was he the armor or had the hair and the mustache, but he always had a glass with something brown in it. And everybody knew that it was alcohol and he's a hero, but he's drinks all the time. I mean, every Iron Man comic he was drinking something. And, of course, you know, people have made fun of this since then because it's very funny. But, uh, at the time, it was great. It's I mean, in, in this story, yeah, yeah, this story takes place. Um, you know, Iron Man's armor is malfunctioning over several issues. Like he actually ends up accidentally killing somebody. Um, you know, and he has to he has to step down as leader of the Avengers. Um, his drinking intensifies because he doesn't know what's going on. Comes turns out it's Justin Hammer, and he's been tinkering with Iron Man's armor remotely and causing all this stress and everything. And um, the story and story builds and builds to finally issue 128 is called uh, Demon in a Bottle. And it's where Tony confronts his drinking problem with the help of his girlfriend at the time. And I do not remember her name. Um, but and he, go, he goes through, you know, withdrawals and, and, and yelling and screaming and, and, you know, turning on Jarvis and, and the girlfriend and you know, coming out on the other side of it. And it's a very powerful, very impactful story. You know, a lot of, uh, I never had a problem with alcohol in my family, but I know several, several people do. And maybe even somebody listening to this podcast. And it's a very uh, personal, very intense subject to talk about, especially in, you know, a, a child's story, not you know, young child, but I mean, still, it's something hard to deal with. If you were dealing with that at home, you read this story, this hits home like nothing else would. would. Um, and I, I think it's very powerful and very good to go back and read. Now, there's trade paperbacks of this, but of course, you could use your Marvel Unlimited subscription and, and get it. But I do recommend uh, the Demon in the Bottle story in the Iron Man comics. 
That is awesome, dude. I want to have to. I want to get those issues now. Like, I'd like to find those in the wild and put together that series, that run. That would be awesome. It's a good run because John Romita Jr. and Bob Layton uh, work on on all of that, and that's that's right around in the time of my favorite. Uh, that's whenever I started collecting Iron Man comics. Uh, a little bit after that, um, they they had been on. Oh, since. In the early hundreds is when John Romita Jr. and Bob Layton were were coming on and off the book, um, and that is the definitive Iron Man to me is is that specific set of armor, those artists working on that book. I have so happy to have so many books of that art and and, and that storytelling. Uh, I mean, not just those issues, but there's several several. Uh, runs of good Bob Layton work in there, and any one of those, I I, I enjoy picking up anytime. That is awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna uh, hunt those up and read those because you know there's stories I still need to read very seriously. Oh, speaking of, did you ever? We went to a convention. You picked up some comics I recommended. Did you ever read any of those, like the Fantastic Four or anything like that? Oh, the uh, Trial of Reed Richards yes. run. They're they're on my to-read list. And, and honestly, um, my sorting is so bad, I've kind of forgot which box I put them in. <laughs> and I have no system. I have no system whatsoever, man. I just fill up boxes as I get them. And it's horrible. It's bad. It's the wrong thing to do. Well, Sean, that... But, but I'm in too deep, man. I'm in too deep. I just keep doing it. Well, you know what? That sounds like you need some help. So I, I, I put this challenge out there. Please, somebody, anybody, let's have the best ideas for how you organize your comics. Uh, you know, maybe Sean will get inspired. But tell us how you've got everything you've got arranged. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Do I go alphabetical? Do I go by... Is it Marvel? Is it DC? Is it Image? God, dude, we got a lot of old Image books to dig through if you help me do this. Ugh. A lot. I'm uh, probably thinking, I probably have at least a long box of nothing but Image. Early Image, dude. Stop. Please. It's awesome. Stop. Okay. Uh, local Hall, I've got nothing. You got nothing? Oh, it's because you've been sick. I've been down with the sickness. I got disturbed all over this house. That's right. Well, I've bought lots of Funko Pops, man. And and I mean lots. Lots. The the bug has bitten me and my wife. And the funny part is, is... I said, hey, I'm going to do this. Remember, we had this discussion. You said, as long as you get the ones you want, it's okay, right? Uh, Voltron so, is staring down at me, judging me right now for the okay, one I bought. Okay. So. So, so I said, I want the Spider-Mans, you know, try to fill in the holes for the Spider-Mans that I have and the Deadpools. I know that's quite a few Funkos, but, you know, I said I'd try to stick with Spider-Man and Deadpool. But then I told... My wife about this and she jumped in she wants all the harry potter all the dc bombshells all the disney she wants all the mean girls all the golden girls 
all the supernatural. Uh, dude, okay. In the past Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, I believe we bought 22 Funkos. Good God. I'm sorry, dude. And, and the thing is, is we, we got some deals on some of them. So it's not like they're all straight up, you know, like eight bucks a piece or anything. There, we did get some good ones. Like uh, Hot Topic had some really good deals going. Uh, we got the Suicide Squad Harley Quinn. We have Batman the Animated Series Harley Quinn. Uh, she got the Lady and the Tramp 2 set. Bellatrix Lestrange. Uh, they were they had a mystery box and we got the mystery box and it says you can either get a chase or you could have Jason Voorhees, Pinhead, or Beetlejuice. Now, which of those three would you want? Jason. See, that's what I said, Jason. And uh, we ended up getting Beetlejuice. I mean, I was a little disappointed, ain't gonna lie. I love Beetlejuice, but when given the choice between, you know... Jason Voorhees or Pinhead, uh, they're a little higher up. And then I would have loved a, a chase, but that obviously didn't happen. I don't know, man. Um, you know, today I was at, at a Walgreens and they had some exclusives. I, I turned them down. You know, I didn't get them. So I can say no. We just, uh, we hadn't had a really good weekend to hang out together. And uh, wife and I had, had a lot of fun digging these up, searching through all the different stores and stuff. So it wasn't just Funkos. It was a good time. Good. Well, that's what's important. And money. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> lost in time. I want you to answer me this question. What in the hell happened to all of our great play sets? That is my toy this week. I, uh, everywhere. Everything in the 80s, had a playset. Transformers yeah. even had a third-party playset, a big cardboard base. I mean, G.I. Joe had a playset. They had two, the bad guys and the good guys. He-Man, yeah. you had Snake Mountain, you had Castle, Castle Grayskull, Grace. you had the Hordak Slime Pit, you had you had tons of playsets. Sectars had a playset. Uh, uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters had a Everything had a playset. There are no playsets. Why? true, man. Ah. <sighs> I bet you there's no money in it. Ah, uh, now. I bet no. Now you I really, now those dude, are, those no. damn Imaginex Toy things have fifty making... playsets to them. I don't know, dude. Toy toy companies are the kings of finding what sells and only making that. Now I see plenty of things sitting on the shelves that don't sell. I agree, I agree, but maybe playsets were... I don't know. I don't have an answer for your question. I'd like to know why. That's a pretty good question. Now, what was your favorite playset you had? Oh, Castle Grayskull. It's Castle Grayskull, hands down. Okay. What was your favorite playset your brother had that wouldn't let you play with it? I'm the older brother, man. I took it, all right? (laughs) Look, look, there were my toys and there were our toys. That's the way it worked. I was Debo, man. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't think he had any. We really shared a lot of our playsets pretty well together. You know, we would always, oh, Ninja Turtles. We both had a ton of Ninja Turtles together. Mm-hmm. 
My favorite probably, now it is cliche, but it probably is going to be Castle Grayskull. Just because it was so, I mean, it was so metal. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you had this yeah. skull Dude, face. You it had was a, freaking awesome. Yeah, you, I you loved had, that thing. You had the, the, the gate that opened with the sword. You had the trap door that, with the throne. You had the, uh, the gun emplacement in one of the tops. You could get the... Uh, point dread and the talon fighter and it sticks on top of the castle the Dude. castle had secret entrances and it had a it had a, a a basement uh dungeon sticker that oh somebody actually a third party company is making a replica of that sticker in 3d like actual monsters and stuff coming out That's of the grave awesome. yeah i saw that on that um, awesome. uh 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 uh, it was like a Kickstarter or something, and it was it was really amazing. Uh, and th- those guys over at Mattel that have love for He-Man and are still making that great stuff. I've there's a collector buddy in town uh, named Joe, and he gets all that um, Mattel Maddie collector stuff, all yeah. the new He-Man and everything, and it is just beautiful. If if I had the money and I was insane. That's what I would collect these days. But that's awesome. Yeah, um, that's that's one of the best things ever. Oh, absolutely, dude. Okay, tell me what this thing is called. You remember, you used to get them for like two or three dollars at the at Walmart, and now and then they went to the dollar store for a while. And what I'm talking about is there's you know you buy them usually empty. And they have the single button on the front, and it's filled full of rings, and then you fill it with water, and when you push the button, it pumps water through to move the rings, you know? And then there's usually some posts sticking out. Oh, yeah, the the, water puzzle thing. Yeah. Yeah, the water puzzle thing. Okay. I don't know if those have a name, but where are they? The other day, I was thinking, I was like... They still make them. I've I've seen them. Uh, I've seen a kid playing with one. they still make them, but dude... I used to spend, I remember we had a decent sized one. Like it was probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little shorter than an Etch-A-Sketch. Maybe like an Etch-A-Sketch just between the knobs, maybe something like that size. Dude, that thing had some huge rings on it and it was awesome. Like I remember spending hours playing with that thing. And I've never, I don't see them much anymore. I just wonder what happened to those. And what are they called? Waterful Ring Toss. Parker Brothers. Waterful Ring Toss. That's awesome. Got it. Thank Nailed you for it. looking that up, man. Nailed and, it. And we need to find one of those. Oh, what? I guarantee you could. Uh, Lost in Time show, Buck Rogers. Ooh, Buck Rogers, dude. I have I remember watching Buck Rogers with my grandpa. Gil Gerard from Arkansas. Yeah. Twiggy, the robot. <laughs> Beep. And Buck. he was at the River City Con last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh Buck Rogers exists on one of those places for me, like same as Battlestar Galactica. Uh they could have happened at the same time, you know. It was it was weird fantasy sci fi. You had Buck Rogers, who was this astronaut from our time who got sucked into a black hole and now he's in the 24th century 
and he's dealing with these people and aliens like the uh I was I was reading something the other day and I forgot this guy was in there but the bird guy you know with the white hair feather hair and the black eyebrows Oh yeah. 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 You know who I'm talking about. You I know, forgot about that. Yeah, and you had the uh, uh, computer that Twiggy wore around his neck like a, a, a yes. Flavor Flav clock. <laughs> oh, yeah, that thing was awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was just one of those great, great times in your youth where stuff like that just inspires your imagination. You're not looking at it going, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I really true. enjoyed Buck Rogers. Oh. I, my, I'd watch Buck Rogers with my dad. That's awesome. Dude, I have this memory of when I was eating breakfast, uh, probably for kindergarten or first grade. So we're talking, you know, 85, 86, somewhere around there. And uh, Sheriff Ricochet Rabbit was on the TV, man, like every morning for breakfast. I freaking loved Sheriff Bing, 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 Ricochet Rabbit. Did you ever watch that? Um, a little bit. That's that stuff fell in line with like, uh, what was uh, uh the horse El Cabong? Um, what was his name? It is Quick Draw McGraw. Oh, Quick Draw McGraw. I loved Quick Draw McGraw, but yeah, yep, yep. That's that's where that stuff falls for me. That those those characters. I can see that. I mean. They're they're those they're the mid major of yeah uh, it w- of the cartoon world right yeah it wasn't Looney Tunes but it wasn't like the Jetsons it was the, it was the stuff that came on in between you were like what is this what's going on that's kind of funny yeah I'll watch it till you know you'd watch it till Bozo Show came on <laughs> Bozo. So, dude, I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question when I ask you, have you seen it? You might. And my movie for this week is The Jacket. I think I've seen it. I know it's Jake Gyllenhaal. I know he's in a jacket in no. a morgue or Negative. something. Negative. Oh, it's the other one. It's not Jake it's Gyllenhaal. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Brody. Brody. That's right. It's a Mr. Knows I'm, yes. in the, I'm in the Predator now doing the Batman voice. Yes. Right. It's Adrian Brody and Kira Knightley, and one of my favorites. That, uh, dude, I love him as an actor and as a musician. Is Chris Christopherson? He was great in Blade. <laughs> dude, uh, I love Chris Christopherson. Anyway, um, Adrian Brody was a Gulf War vet that came home. After he survived a bullet wound to the head. And we see him come back and he survives that. And we're following him along in his story. And if you haven't seen this movie, very, very psychological. Because somehow, you, I don't want to give anything away. He gets caught up in a legal situation. uh an altercation where the police officer didn't go as planned and he ends up in a mental institution where he keeps having brief like periods of amnesia and you just need to see it dude uh if that's ringing any bells for you obviously you've seen it but if not 
you need to see this the jacket it's an incredible movie i really enjoy it i love psychological thrillers so it's perfect for me if you like a good psychological thriller something like you know shutter island ish uh you should check out the jacket Sounds good. Mine is a series, and it is Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. Have you seen it? Yeah, at your house. Isn't this what what we used to play uh, when you were in your apartment over across from my church? I did have a game that featured uh, some of the the Gundams out of that, Um, but uh, this was about the same time we were in the middle of our Dragon Ball Z stuff, uh, Gundam Wing had came out already, and that led the way to these other Gundam series. Now, Gundam Wing, which which you really loved, was kind of the popcorn, yes. uh, a fun. It, it was serious, yes. but I mean, it was lighter Gundam fare. Because now, if you've never heard the oh, yeah. story of Gundam. Uh, some people are going to roll their eyes right now, but there is a main universe Gundam story, and, and this is one of the stories that take place in their main universe. Whereas, like Gundam Wing and like Gundam the Boxer one, they were they were alternate universe stories. Uh, Gundam yeah. 0083 it takes place in part of this timeline where uh, there's a group of uh, the good guys. <laughs> "Quote unquote," the good guys who have the Gundams um, have a secret base, and they're delivering a nuclear-powered Gundam uh, named GP zero two A. That's my favorite Gundam design ever. Like, whereas yours is Gundam Death Scythe, mine is the nuclear Gundam, yes. the GP zero two A. Well, well I mean, if I, I mean, I love the Gundam Death Scythe. Don't get me wrong, but. But my favorite has got to be Wing Zero Custom. The one, the one with the actual feathers. Is that, yes. Is, yeah, that's the. Cu- yeah, okay. I couldn't remember. That's out of the yeah, Gundam Wing, Zero Wing movie, right? Correct. Uh, Endless Waltz. Yep. Uh, this one was a heavily armored. I mean, it, it it had features, of course, of a Gundam, but it was like just bulky as heck. It had like a. Uh, a huge shield, blast shield. It could take like a nuclear explosion, and it had uh, a nuclear payload. Ah, uh, and it was so good. And well, anyway, what happens in the story is that the Zeon steal the uh, nuclear Gundam, and uh, the hero of the story uh, is taking a, a the other Gundam of the series and, and trying to get it back. Really great, thirteen episodes. I mean, it's like a. a just like a Netflix series. If you can get a hold of this yeah. digitally and watch it, or if you can find, like I have the, uh, they did a one shell box set of like four discs that have all the episodes. Uh, I, I actually still have all the VHS tapes of this series. I had to buy all 13. Yeah. That was, like oh I said, God. back in, back in uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z times. Uh, and there's yeah. a, cu- there's a couple other really good stories like a uh, war in the pocket and, What's the other one? Oh, the zero eighth, the eighth MS team. Okay, I suggest yep. picking any of those up and watching those. If you have a, if you have a little flair for Japanese anime, but you want something rough, something uh, Saving Private Ryan style, which is kind of the eighth MS team, um, Gundam Stardust Memory is a really good drama 
of anime, and it's really, really good anime. It's well animated. Uh, the the actions, the watching the Gundams move is amazing. It's just good. It's a good time. Watch it. That's awesome. I'll have to check it out. Now, uh, for this week, something I want you to don't see, ever. Because because here's the thing. Now listen, son. Uh, I had listen, nostalgia. Son. No, no, no. Now listen to me. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait. No. You, you, you can't take that turning the hat around and going over, go and making the winning move over away from top. me. You can't take that away from me. Okay, listen, listen. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm just saying. I have a great nostalgia for Over the Top, which, for when I watched it, is it the Kenny Loggins song? A movie about Sylvester Stallone trying to win an arm wrestling competition so that he can win a big rig and some amount of money to pay off some guys that are trying to kidnap his son. Now, now, if you heard the words that just came out of my mouth, then you realize it's ridiculous. I tried to watch Over the Top not even two weeks ago. I I didn't make it past the first 30 minutes. I'm sorry. I want I love the scene where you know he's wrestling and all of a sudden he all you see the finger coming over. He's going over the top. Oh, and then he takes him down. Yeah, I guess for those brief seconds are awesome. But our brains have blocked out what in between those seconds because <laughs> it's garbage. And, and and I couldn't do it, man. I wanted to. I seen it pop up, and I was like, I want to watch Over the Top. This is fun. 30 minutes later, what else is on? <laughs> this ain't working. No, I agree. Don't I just... see Over the Top. Don't see Over the Top. Live in your nostalgia. <laughs> Don't ever try to watch it again. But it sure is a fun 80s trope of him turning the hat around and him doing the finger and he's going over the top and Stallone's got him, he wins. Yay, everybody's saved. It's one of those 80s movies, so. I know. Yeah, and it falls into the same category as My Don't See It. My Don't See It is all of the horrible 80 or 60s Marvels cartoons. They're only good for a documentary going, hey, these were made. They're good for some sound clips of, of like the intros and some of the funny stuff you hear said in them. Do not watch the 60s Marvel cartoons. Just don't. Don't do it. Watch clips on no, YouTube. No, listen to no, sound bites and other podcasts. No. 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 <laughs> don't say these words. Listen. Oh. You're you're killing me right now. You're 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 slowly like stabbing me just a little. Now hold there on before a, you go. Listen, I'm listen, not talking about a, I'm not talking about the Spider-Man cartoon. I'm talking about like okay. Hulk, Captain okay. America, Iron Man. No, you know those those okay. one those one shot Marvel cartoons. Yeah, they weren't good. Okay. Captain America no. throws his amazing shield. That you know that stuff. No, don't. Okay. No, hey, hey, I'm fine. Apparently you didn't wound me at all. It was just a it, <laughs> it was, was just, just a, a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. It's all healed up already. Uh no, as long as you didn't throw that Spider-Man in there because uh one of my newest things is there is a YouTube channel and I'll mention it next podcast if I'll, I'll write it down. Uh that has every single 1967 
Spider-Man on it. And they've set it in into a single playlist, and I have that saved. Like my son and I have made it through probably at least ten or twelve episodes. Like that voice, that voice those. does not fit Peter Parker. I'm going to tell you right now that since I was a little kid and that stuff would come on, I'd be like, "Why does Peter Parker sound like he's 50? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. We're all fine here. How are you? How are you? All right. <sighs> well, buddy, that looks like it's going to wrap us up for this week. Uh, I think we're doing good. Man, the responses we're getting about where's that podcast really make me feel good and really make me want to finish the other podcast. It's true. I mean, hey, that's the thing. Like, when I wasn't trying to rip, I, I was honestly saying, dude, it's pretty cool that we actually had people ask where the podcast was and they noticed that's uh pretty cool i mean uh i don't know i like that kind of stuff and uh feels nice and i hope everybody out there listens uh enjoys what we have to say because it's just both of us couple of ramblings for us and i have a blast doing it and uh if you want to find me on social media I'm at Maynard98 on Twitter. Uh, we are both have the Not So Southern Gentleman Twitter account, which is Not So Southern G's. You can check that out. When you message on that, it goes to both of us. And then, Rick, where can they find you? All over the bloody place. I am on Twitter at Ricky Westbrook. I am on Facebook, Not So Southern Gentleman. I am, well,. That's about it. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have no like Instagram hidden Instagram account or you anything. You know what? Or... I do have an Instagram account. You hold your horses. I thought about this the other day. I am going to give you exclusive. Now, Sean, you can't tell anybody about this. I don't know. Prime Studio. Prime Studio. I am Prime Studio on Instagram. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, I bet you have a bunch of your good Transformer stuff, too. Oh, random thing right before we let everybody go. I just seen on a Reddit post this guy was freaking out. He had won an eBay thing for $50 of, it said, plastic robot toys need to get rid of. And it was a giant, huge box. He bought it. And it was full of G1 Transformers for $50. Nice. I was like, way to go, dude. That is freaking awesome. For Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. <laughs> and I'm Ricky. There's more than meets the eye. That's what I was waiting on. I was trying to figure that part out. Damn it. More than meets the eye. Robots oh, in disguise. I'm out. <laughs>